Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Mark 11. Now, I'm going to do something I, I do not normally do. Brother Jared Turner, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read too many verses, okay? I'm going to read 11 verses. It's too many, isn't it? Be honest, it's a little bit too many. I'm going to read too many verses. One of our professors, he's our campus pastor at the college. I'm reading too many verses, so I know it. Before any of you college students or any of you ministers are like, that's a lot of, I know, okay? But here we go. Verses 1 through 11, at least I'm letting you know when you get to sit down or when you get to be done reading either way. When they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethpage and unto Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples and saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a colt tied, whereon never man sat. Loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do ye this? Say, The Lord hath need of him. And straightway he will send him hither. And they went on their way, and they found the colt, just like he said, tied by the door without, in a place where two ways met. And they loose him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, What do ye, loosing the colt? Or in layman's terms, what do you think you're doing? Verse 6, they said, even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus. They cast their garments on him, and he sat upon it. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees and strewed them in the way. And they that were before and they that followed, so in front and behind, cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David, he that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple, And when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the eventide was come, he went unto Bethany with the twelve. Okay? From those 11 verses here on this Palm Sunday, I dip the well into the well of those 11 verses to preach to you on this thought. They cried, Hosanna. Okay? Now, if I would put a secondary line to this it would be since I was going to read too many verses I couldn't make the title too long you see how but if I would put a secondary line to this it would be these words and we should too and we should too they cried Hosanna and we should too Lord we love you 
I thank you for the opportunity to preach to these great people. I thank you for meeting with us in this house. I pray that you let me preach with wisdom, with anointing, with clarity. I pray, oh God, that it would be done in such a way that it's not only hearable, but that it's receivable, and most importantly, that it's livable. I pray, oh God, that your word would find lodging not only in our ears, but in our heart and our mind, that we might serve you. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let everybody in the building say amen, amen. and you may be seated. Amen. Is there anyone in the building here on this beautiful, somewhat cloudy Palm Sunday that would admit you are not really a festival person? You're just not really into crowds. You're not really into big parades. You're not. Who would be honest and just be like, yeah, thank you. Some of you feel liberated now that you saw other hands. Some of you are like, I'm not into raising my hand either. I'm not, not really into that. These polls, I don't. Now, how many of you, you really are? Like, if there's a parade, if there's a, how many of you just the thought of the Macy's Day Parade to you? That seems, watching the ball drop in New York City, how many of, to you, that's just, oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a mixed crowd. It's a mixed crowd. I, uh, I was preaching in Tennessee a handful of years ago during the month of June. I thought it was just another weekend away. When I was there, brother and sister McFarland, I didn't even tell them this, but I found out that when I was there, it was the barbecue festival. I said, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It was about five or six years ago in June. So when I heard that it was the barbecue festival, I thought that's what the festival was. But I found out it wasn't actually a barbecue festival. The barbecue was a compliment to another festival. To which I said, do tell. I found out that I had randomly ended up, Brother Clark, in Tennessee the third weekend in June when they were having the RC and Moon Pie Festival. Keeping it classy in Tennessee. <laughs> How many's ever drank an RC Cola? Come on, you lie, you fry. Raise your hand right now. Inside's bubble, just thinking about it. Who's had a moon pie? Raise your hand. Oh, look at this crowd. Some of y'all are like, I didn't know there was a festival. <laughs> there is, in fact, the third Saturday in June, the RC Cola and the Moon Pie. I've got to be honest with you here this morning and tell you it's not the most illustrious group. <laughs> the good people. I'm going to get letters from Tennessee. Good people. But when the entire festival, in my mind, when the pastor told me this, I thought, well, there can't be that many people that attend. He said, you know, those are two of the basic food groups. <laughs> RC Cola and Moon Pie. 
I mean, there's been country songs written about them. It's... I showed up at a festival and I'm, I'm reminded as I was reading through Mark chapter 11, some people just love festivals. Some people have festivals for any reason, case in point, RC Cola and Moon Pie. When you've got nothing else, just make something up. This was very much going to be a festival in Mark chapter 11. Everybody say a party. It really was. It was going to be a party. It was going to be a parade, as it were. It's kind of interesting here in this uh, Bethpage scenario where the disciples, these two, are going to be sent in the fact that you're about two miles away from Jerusalem. We're, we're two miles from the city, and there at Bethpage, you'd be at an elevated location where you could look over the beauty of the city. And for the first time in his life, Brother Sleva, for the first time in his life, in all of his ministry, from the wilderness temptation with the enemy until now, the intriguing factor of Christ is while he had done miracle after miracle, blessed all kinds of people, he was silent on his kingship. He didn't want anybody to talk about it. Go study the scripture. He didn't want anybody to, to publicly enunciate that he was the king. He, he would silence them if they began to speak about it. He would tell them to hold their peace or to go privately away. He did not want any fanfare, no parades, no accolades. He wanted them to be silent. How many would know that that is very countercultural to the day we're living in right now? We want credit for everything. Maybe not you, maybe the person next to you. Why don't you nudge them and tell them you need to get over that? <laughs> but for the first time it's going to happen and he is going to allow the people to declare him as king. You need to understand the historicity that's at play here in this text. Really the, the, great, the, the great unfolding of the text. There's much more than meets the surface of the black and white that we read here in Mark 11. I love that he starts this portion by sending the two disciples to get the colt. It is one of my favorite moments of instruction to the disciples because he sends them to take what is not theirs. Just go get it. You're going to find a colt, untie it. You've heard me talk about this story probably before. If you haven't, I will tell you what I, I am a firm believer that on some level I could not handle this much authority. The ability for him to look at me and say, just go into the city and if anybody asks you why you're taking it, just tell them the Lord needs it. Okay, let's not, let's not make it a Mark 11 colt. Let's make it a brand new Mustang. Imagine that. Go to the neighboring city. Somebody comes out and you're in their Mustang. And they look at you and that. what are you doing? The Lord needs it. You know, we don't think about Scripture. Think about how amazing that was. Some guy walks out of the local store. Here they are. They're untying the rope. 
Here they are, taking him off. You know, I see the little western pole. They got a, I don't know if that's how it And some guy walks out, just came out of the RC and Moon Pie Festival. He says, hey, what are you doing? What did they say? Don't you wonder who's the spokesperson here? You, you tell them. I want to hear it real confident. You know, you want it to be one of these. Brother Michael, you want it to be something like, the Lord needs it, right? Good chance it was something like, the Lord needs it. <laughs> Have you ever said something that's supposed to be a statement, but it comes out as a question? You know you are, and the teacher's like, is that a statement or a question? You're like, which ever one? <laughs> which one works in this scenario? And here, they, you know what I'm talking about. And the most amazing thing to me, they just let them go. I want to vote in here. Who, just be honest, you couldn't handle. Who would try that again? I would. I'm going to tell you right now. Try that again. Be taking all kinds of things. God, forgive me. The Lord, <laughs> the Lord. Just like some of you, when you broke up and said it was the Lord. Never mind. I'm not. I'm not just, sometimes we pawn things off on the Lord when it wasn't the Lord at all. It's just, I hear them up here. They go, woo. Uh, just lead the, coat, lead the coat back. They've brought him. Pretty interesting assignment, wasn't it? But there's something there in Mark 11. Who can find the attribute? There's something about that colt that is very significant. Does anybody know what it was? He'd never been sat on. He was unbroken. Unbroken! Go get me that little, that little bucking, that little bronco donko. Bring that one to me. Doesn't seem like that's what's going to be fit for a king. If we're finally going to allow... Kingship, brother, Roman, bring a stallion. Don't send them to Bethpage, but he had to send them there because before they take the cult, the Bible says they came to a place where two roads went. And he brought us the understanding that he sent them to a place where every Christian and every individual is going to come. You're going to choose which way you go from here. Everybody in this building, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, everybody in this room almost daily stands at a crossroad where you're going to choose whether you do his will or yours. Because it would have been a lot less embarrassing for them to bypass Bethpage, take the road out of town than it would be take some dude's coat. But they go ahead and choose it and they turn around and they return and they bring this colt that's never been sat on. Something interesting in the book of Job, there is a reference in the book of Job about the spirit of man being like a wild donkey. And in a moment of time, in a moment of time, Jesus gets in harmony with the prophecy of Zechariah and the Old Testament text of Job, and he brings himself to a position where that which no man had broken simply in his presence would find resolve. 
Can I tell you something? Can I pause here and make the cult our illustration for a moment and tell every man and woman in the room right now, you are not so unbroken or so broken. You are not so unfamiliar with Christ or so familiar that regardless of your level of trouble, He cannot bring peace to you. He can bring peace to you. Yes, He can. He can bring peace to a situation that the doctors have seemed to tell you is going to be devastating. There are testimonies. We were talking about it in the parking lot yesterday at prayer and evangelism. There are testimonies all over this house of people who had cancer, people who were diagnosed with this, diagnosed with that, went through trial and trouble and situation. But right now, they sit here as if their toes are in the clouds because they're in the place of peace from what the Lord has brought them through. If you're in marriage trouble, guess what? I got good news for you. He is the God of restoration. If you are in the middle of psychological distress. I've got good news for you. Even though you think this thing is unbroken, one moment in the presence of Jesus Christ. I said one moment in the presence of Jesus Christ and He can do it all. If you believe it, say amen. So he gets in harmony with Zechariah chapter 9. If you can put that up on the screen, I want us to read this here. Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9. And if you have your Bible, you can look along or read on the screen. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. Now listen, I'm going to tell you, and I don't want to be too much of a lecturer here this morning or a professor, but there is a great difference between a king and thy king. Yeah. Hmm. He can be a king or he can be thy king. Thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation. Lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. He said he's coming on an unbroken colt. Not even the grown, not even the mature, not even the adult. And so why did Jesus come on this colt? Why did he come riding on this? Because it was the fulfillment of prophecy. I'm going to tell you what. He is a man of his word. And the Bible says they did something absolutely amazing. They begin to take off their garments. And they begin to lay their garments on this unbroken colt. No man has sat on it. They begin to lay their garments on him and the symbolism was obvious to anybody who knew anything about kingship. This was the way you treated a king. Now time out. He's not a king, is he? Oh, they knew he was more than a king. He was the king of kings. Woo! Woo! How many have found out that he is more than a king, but he is the king of kings? If that's you, I want you to lift your hands. In fact, why don't we lift our hands all over this room and just acknowledge him for a moment as the king of kings in your own way. In your own way. Would you tell him that? You're the king of kings. Come on, tell him. You're the king of kings. They cast their garments on him and he sat on him. Now look, Mark 11 verse 8. 
And many spread their garments in the way. Wait a minute. On the ground? Why you got your coat on the ground? Pick your coat up off the ground. No, it was, it was, it was humbled before the king. They were acknowledging his kingship. The thing about it that just, it's so staggering. This is where he should have been saying, Stop. Don't let anybody know. And of all times, especially now, you're about to go to Jerusalem at the busiest time of year. Thousands have descended upon Jerusalem. Let me set the, the, the scene for you real clearly, okay? Those that had not been there, those that did not reside there, by the thousands, they had left their own home and they had come to Jerusalem for the Passover week. They had come. The Roman soldiers and the government that had taken authority, they have begun to put new uh, new individuals and officers at, at different posts and placed because of the amount of religious Jews that were swelling into the area for this annual feast and festival. They al already lived with this tinge of fear of an uprising. And so they're, they're, they're guarding and they're looking and they're watching and thousands have come. If at any time it seems like this would be the overwhelming season. But Jesus is always perfect in his timing. He had never allowed it for all of his ministry. So that when he did allow it, it would really mean something. Can I tell you, it's the same concept that those who always speak. You know, some people who never know the power of just listening, <laughs> you know who they are. <laughs> it takes something from them. Or those who always need or always want the credit, it deadens something in their ability. He hasn't allowed it until now. And so I need you to see the hustling, bustling streets. I need you to see Jerusalem that is packed. Not just with Roman soldiers that are standing around and the squadron of soldiers that have gathered and the murmuring amongst them. And if you want to, just like the old Easter dramas, you can see the red thing on whatever makes you happy. Just get a good picture in your mind of You've got them standing there and, and they're looking around and here's all these Jews. But noised on the hillside, they begin to hear the, the faint chant, Hosanna, Hosanna. Whew. It was their greatest fear that there would be a king rise among the Jews. They were even watching. Now watch this. You need to know as far as history is, is, is at play here, Brother Herps. They're even worried about different Jewish sects fighting with each other. <laughs> like there's going to be rumbling. Because even when the church is all together, they don't agree on everything. <laughs> well, okay. Um, <laughs> and so they got it all in there. And they're looking at all. But it grows a little bit louder from the hillside. Hosanna. In the highest. Hosanna. 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 Now Hosanna alone. By itself. 
would have been inspiring and it would have been powerful because we recognize that they're saying, save us now, save us now, Hosanna, save us now. But when they said, behold, go in your Bible. You just got to get this with me. Mark 11, Mark 11. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Messianic prophecy. Verse 10, watch this. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. They're marching into Jerusalem saying he's here. He's here. He's here. Hosanna. 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 Listen, ladies and gentlemen, every Roman in the every Roman in the area is absolutely furious. How dare he? How dare he be himself? Can I tell you something? They were not as frustrated that he was who he was as they were that the people acknowledged who he was. Can I tell you, I'm going to just go ahead and lay some truth on you right now. The devil is not just concerned that you know who Jesus is, but you can wreck his kingdom when you begin to acknowledge who Jesus is. It's why we're a church that celebrates. We don't just know who he is. We acknowledge who he is. We sing about who he is. We shout about who he is. We proclaim who he is. They cried Hosanna and Brother Friendly, we should too. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Somebody shout, blessed be the name of the Lord. It's not just about who he was, but the fact that they could say who he was where they were. Because the fact that they could say who he was where they were took all of the excuses out of the thought that we only acknowledge him in convenient seasons. <laughs> well, there would have been better places to praise him. We have private prayer sessions for stuff like this. <laughs> we, we have a lot more convenient areas because I'm going to tell you, public proclamation puts you on the Roman hit list too. But we shall be hated of all men for his namesake. Public proclamation. Imagine Roman soldiers locking eyes with some of those in the crowd while they shouted, Hosanna. Hosanna. You know that there's always been masters of intimidation even in the church. Yes, there have been. 
There have been people at times that are even sent into the church by the enemy to try to stifle praise and try to stifle worship and try to stifle acknowledgement. And when you try to proudly proclaim who he is, people will look at you out of the corner of their eye and want to make you feel like you're out of time and out of place. But I'm going to tell you, it's always time to praise God. And it's always the right place to praise God. And it's always... Oh, yeah. Man, I feel my help in this room right now. I, I feel my help. They cried, Hosanna. We don't care who's watching. We don't care who sees us. That's my coat. That's my coat on the ground. Those are my palm leaves. I got palm leaves in my hand. I got palm leaves on the ground. That's my king on the back of that coat. That's my king. My king is not a Roman governor. My king is not a Roman emperor. My king is not a Roman soldier. My king is the son of David. My king is Jesus Christ. There's nobody like him. So, so I got to tell you this. You got to be, you got to be confident about who you are. Okay? Your confidence in who he is will make you confident in who you are. It's true. If you get confident about him, you'll get confident about you. And the more of us that get confident in who we are, the more of us that can get in this together. I'd be intimidated. I'm just going to tell you the truth. Maybe not. But I think I would be intimidated, Brother Brown, if I'm the only one yelling Hosanna. Hosanna! Like some 14-year-old kid with my voice praying, Hosanna! I might be intimidated. But when I'm joined with all that mass of people, That's, what, that's part of what makes communal gathering not only necessary but so powerful. When we cry Hosanna together, what are we saying? Save us now. Save us. Save our world. Save our family. We can't look. They're, they're standing. You've got to see this. You've got to watch them descending that two-mile, that, that, that descent. They're, they're moving. They're, they're, they're easing into Jerusalem. They, they're walking down the glorious city. They, they hear the marching of soldiers and the dust of the city and the beauty and the splendor and the clamoring of Jews that have already descended. But they're here. They're in the parade and they're crying and they're calling and the garments are... And we call it the triumphant entry. How many has ever heard it called that? The triumphant entry. There was in the Roman culture during this time what was known as the Roman triumph. It was an actual parade. When a Roman had been to war, they had to kill at least or be credited with the destruction of 5,000. But if credited with the destruction of 5,000 from the enemy's camp, when that Roman warrior was coming back, they'd have a parade. It'd be a massive festival. And they would cheer and they would chant and he, they would treat him as he was just short of a god. And so to the Romans, by perspective... This was a pitiful little parade. Gar garments. Garments and palm, palm leaves. 
Is he on a is he on a donkey? He's on a he's on a donkey. But I'm going to tell you right now, we're fooling ourselves if we don't think they knew scripture. In most places, the enemy knows the text better than we. That's why they try to twist it to use it against you. And so while the parade might have looked pitiful for the Roman triumph, as it was aptly called when this Roman would walk back into town after having 5,000 plus accredited to them, and the parade would be going. Here's Jesus from the other side walking in for what we would deem the triumphant entry. And he's got garments and he's got palm branches and he's, he's just riding on the back and for the first time they're shouting Hosanna. They're acknowledging his kingship and he's never saying a thing. That Roman triumph had to happen after 5,000 but Jesus is riding in just before 5,000 are soon to be added to the church. Hmm. Some are only acknowledged after. Some are acknowledged before. And he was acknowledged. Can I tell you something? They cried Hosanna before the Holy Ghost was poured out. They cried Hosanna. Listen. They cried Hosanna before the resurrection. If we're not careful, we become a people who only worship post-resurrection. Let me say it this way. We become people that only worship once the miracle happens. But the question is, can you worship Him on the way into the trial? see it. I, I don't have the positive doctor's report. I, I, don't see the, I don't see the good news yet. I don't hear anything. But I see him. <laughs> and I hear the faint cries of Hosanna. One of the most powerful things is when the voice of a feeble saint will join with the elders that have gone by and they will join with the great cloud of witnesses in the middle of tragedy and in the middle of overwhelming obstacle and they'll just join that feeble voice and they'll begin to cry in the face of despair, Hosanna, 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 Hosanna. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's going to ride into town. Can I tell you that this was the event Theologians reason it this way, Brother Ross. This was the event why they said, we got to kill him and we got to kill him now. You know what they did? All they did was fulfill prophecy right along with him. And they put the resurrection in motion. Brother Lindsay got up here this morning, talk about the veil. They, they put into perfect timing judgment of the perfect lamb. <laughs> they thought we'll kill him you know what they did they loosed the church they they were crying Hosanna on that side of the cross and we're crying Hosanna on this side of the cross because the government has never been able to destroy him. The soldiers have never been able to eradicate him. The tomb could not keep him. 
and Satan cannot silence the church. That's why we lift our voice and we shout, blessed be the name of the Lord. Why don't you stand with me all over this house and somebody lift your hands and your voice and shout, Hosanna. Hosanna. Woo, blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, which was, and he is, and he is to come. Hosanna. Hosanna, 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 save us, save us, save us. Whoever you are, wherever you're at in life, please hear me and, and know that what I'm saying, I'm saying in love. You cannot save yourself. You, you just really can't. You can't make enough money to really be happy. You, you will never truly drink away the pain. You won't. You can't drink it away. You can't snort it away. You won't. You can't lie it away. You can't save yourself. But if you can get on this side of the cross, one of the most amazing things about Palm Sunday in the modern church is to be able to stand in Palm Sunday on this side of the cross. 